Hey guys, welcome to the Emetophobia podcast. Today on the podcast, I had Mitch Miller. Him and I go over a ton of topics, just like always. We, we really dive into it. It was exciting to have him on the show because uh, I don't often have men on the show to talk about their emetophobia journey. Um, but we get deep into it. We definitely talk about a lot of different things. Um, you're really going to enjoy this, this episode. If you did, please go down below, um, rate and subscribe or rate and follow, however this works on, uh, on the uh, podcast platforms. But um, yeah, uh, let's get into it and uh, hope you guys like it. So how's it going, man? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good, good. We are recording now, so podcast right, has perfect. started. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, just hanging out, um, enjoying the uh, nice icy weather we've been having here in Michigan lately. I hear you. I hear you, man. It's uh, I'm not too far from you, so it's uh, yeah, not fun. Yeah, we went down. To, uh, we actually went down through where you live recently. We were going down to Detroit to go visit my girlfriend's parents. So okay. We go down through that way every once in a while and kind of take different ways every time, try to switch it up. So it's not so boring, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah, man. So let's, uh, let's touch on maybe like your little background with emetophobia and see kind of where, where, where you're at right right now with all that. Sure. Okay. So, uh, my background is, uh, kind of like, I think even when I was a kid, let's start there. When I was a kid, I think I had a little bit of emetophobia, even just, um, talking with my therapist you know there there there's kind of some some indications that we talked about that you know maybe there was something there um when i was a kid just no, nothing ever really kind of came out uh real serious you know it didn't affect my life really uh and it wasn't until probably i mean i've been dealing with this for like 13 years yeah so like 13 years ago was when it really started to uh to flare up bother me um and that was after, after I lost two parents, I lost my stepdad and my, and my mom within two years of each other. Wow. I think that there was just some things that went on with that. Um, and to be honest, it's hard to, it's hard to really pinpoint exactly when it started, but, uh, it's been so long now. It almost feels like it's just something that's always been there. Yeah. Um, over the years I've, gotten way better i mean uh, just looking back through like old facebook posts you know you get your memories and it seems like all my memories from like 10 11 years ago were just horrendous like i always was you know i there was always something going on i was sick i wasn't feeling good it seemed like i was posting about that so much that i look back yeah. on those now i'm like dang dude I, I don't think i had more days where i didn't feel good versus days that i felt normal and good sure. um so those, in those days, it was really bad. I was, I was really struggling a lot and, um, pretty much just kind of dealt with it all those years. And then just this past year, I finally decided like, you know, I was really going to try to do something about it. So, uh, I guess here we are now. Yeah, that's good. No, I have the same problem where, uh, probably seven, eight years ago is when I moved to where I'm living now. That was like my biggest change in life. And I went from dropping out of high school, living at my mom's house, completely emetophobic of everything, could barely leave the house, started getting addicted to playing video games every day, just like mm -hmm. tried to escape the world as much as possible. 
And then when I moved up here to where I'm living now in Traverse City, um, that was like, I, I mean, I wrote a moped here. I tried to just get away. I was like, I have to just get away from this, like, you know, toxicity that I'm living in and just move somewhere else and just change. And so when I did that, that's sure. when I started getting the ball rolling. And that's, I look back now when I first moved here, I was terrible. Like I could barely leave the house. I was constantly yep. getting sick all the time. Just like nervous about being nauseous every day. I was, I was chewing like two packs of gum a day, like just constant yep. anxiety. <laughs> and, um, I was also living in a house with a bunch of guys who were like either addicted to some sort of drug or a lot of alcohol coming through a lot of partying going on. And so I pretty much just like was dealing with a lot of exposure therapy at the time. If I look back on it now, um, which ended up helping me in the long run. But at the time, like, I just remember looking back and like, I, I spent many nights just sitting in the bathroom, just terrified, just like, Oh yeah. Probably terrified, just yeah. Stupid shit like that, where I look back and I'm like, how did I live my life like that? I can't believe I did right. that to myself. And now, yeah, just like you were saying, um, now that I'm where I'm at now, it's like, I'm so far, so much farther ahead than I've ever been in life. And it's, yeah. it's been amazing. So. Yeah. It's, it's tricky, man. It's, it's a slippery slope. Definitely. It's one of those things where you feel like, unless you have a phobia or something to that effect, you're not going to understand it. Cause even, 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 even as us, us as uh, phobics, it's like, you don't even understand it yourself. Cause there's so many times where I'm like, why, why is this a problem? Like, why am I going through this? Why do I, why do I feel this way? I can't, you know, I can't even put my own, my own finger on it. You know, it's hard for me to explain to people, especially my family, you know, it's difficult to explain it to family and you probably know that it's, it's, yeah. It's one of those things. I was telling my therapist the other day, I said, at, there was a time when I was concerned about how I would come up with excuses for things, why I wasn't going places, why I wasn't doing things. Because um, I was like, man, how am I going to get out of this? And now I told her, I said, now it's like, I'm a pro. Like I can, I can, I can come up with something like that off yeah. the top of my head, you know, like, oh yeah, I got, I got this going on. I'm not going to make it, mm-hmm. you know, no big deal. And um. <clears throat> Like it's funny you're saying that about the gum because that's like my go-to is like uh, if I'm in a in a bad way I'll usually stop at the store and get like water and peppermint gum and that's kind of yep. like that is what I survive on. For the I just day. got my you know, Altoids been... now. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yep. Um, so my my specific phobia is like I can't. It's like everyone everybody have my is an emetophobic. You have this certain fear of getting sick but you also it's it's kind of its own um variation i guess so like mine is where i can't i can't ride in the car with somebody sure which is really odd it's odd so i i think i think we kind of have it nailed down a little i have a little bit of claustrophobia as well yeah so like flying riding in a car with somebody riding in somebody's boat um getting in an elevator all these areas Areas where I'm where I'm like stuck, I'm trapped there. Um, my fear is that I'll I'll get sick and there's no where I can go. Right. So uh, like flying is out of the question because I'm not in any type of control. I have no control over the plane, over what you do. You know, uh, I can't get away. If I'm feeling sick, there's nowhere for me to go. Right. Whereas like you know in normal day life, or if I'm at work or something, if I'm feeling a little bit sick, I can usually go outside, get some air, and uh, kind of sure. get my shit together. And, uh, so if I'm riding in somebody's vehicle, you know, I'm in the passenger seat. I have no control. I, you know, what happens if I, what happens if I feel nauseous, um, that I'm going to have to basically give in and tell the person I'm feeling sick, pull over at, at yeah. that point I gave in. But then you also think like, happen. you know, you're not actually sick. So then you're like, I don't want to be a burden because then we're going to pull over and we're just going to sit here for five minutes and then we're going to end up leaving yeah. again because nothing's going to get out of the car and 
yep. walk take a few hot laps around the car until I can breathe again and you know and stop sweating and then I'll and then I'll get back in the car and it'll be fine. Yeah. And that's that's the crappy thing. It's like it has affected so many things. You know, like my cousin, maybe he'll watch this. I don't know. He uh he's invited me to go up north on his pontoon so many times and every time I have an excuse yes. why I don't go because I just don't want to get on the boat. I, I pretty much ruined our trip to Niagara Falls because, you know, my wife really wanted me to get on like the, you know, you get on like the big ferry and it takes you up by the falls. Um, I didn't do it. I didn't want to. I, I was scared to get on the boat because I thought, man, I'll get sick. And this all comes from one time I went salmon fishing with my dad and my grandpa and I got sick, like pretty oh, wow. bad. And so, uh, you know, they had to drive me back to back to the boat you know back to the dock so i could go home and i think that that's kind of what ruined that for me and i'm, I'm not even kidding you, i was probably 16 years old at the time 16 17 years old i'm 35 now right. so there's just all those things you know that have that have affected or i guess that this this fear has affected so many areas of my life it's even even down to my my job you know i've been at the same job for 15 years and there's a lot of people that don't know I have this at work because I'm really good at hiding it. Yeah. And I'm also, um, I'm really, you know, we get really good at avoidance. Sure. I think in that, in that book, in that book, there's a, there's a little excerpt in there. It says, um, <clears throat> excuse me. It says avoidance is the disease. What does it also say? It says avoidance is the disease and basically like, like confronting it is the cure. Yep. hundred um, percent. Yep. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, live my life by that right now where, okay, you can get, you can get around these things eventually if you just keep trying your best to not avoid the situation that makes you uncomfortable. Sure. I learned that I in my counseling. I'm jumping around too much, but. Oh, no, you're, you're good. No, this, this is kind of just uh, like a wing it podcast at this point. I don't really have any sort of guidelines. Just have a conversation, you know? Um, but when I was going through counseling myself, they were explaining to me how to deal with anxiety. And she was basically, cause I had the problems with standing in line in stores. I had the same out of control feeling like, what am I going to do here? I'm stuck in between like four different people. I can't just like walk away with a cart full of groceries. Like it's just going to be super yeah. awkward. So I felt very stuck. And so what she explained to me was like, I've always explained this, do everything in baby steps. So like, wait till that next person goes and then, you know, tell yourself if once they go, if I'm still feeling sick, I'll leave. And then just keep doing that until you get to your spot in line be like, all right, now I'm going to wait till the person in front of me goes. And then if they, if I still feel sick, I'll leave. And then, then you go right. and then you're like, all right, I'm going to set myself up now and I'll, I'll, I'll put all my groceries up there, bring myself up. If I'm feeling sick in the middle of that, I can always just leave. You just have to keep giving yourself the out, but also telling yourself you're going to keep going forward. And that's yeah. been helping me a lot. And actually, believe it or not, I've been on the, quite a few boats now since I've been afraid of them. And it's all because I told myself, all right, I'm just going to walk to the dock. And if I feel sick, I'll walk back to the house. If All right, I'm just going to step on the boat. We'll just hang out for a minute. If I feel sick, I'll hop off the boat. And then we went out on the, on the lake and went riding around and like cruising around on the boat and at that point, yeah, I felt a little bit uneasy, but once I started getting into it and just kind of enjoying myself, I was like, all right. And I, I mean, I brought all my coping skills. I brought my mints. I brought water with me. I got all my stuff I need. So I was like, at the end of the day, I don't get seasick. So I'm not like a person that gets sick in the water. So at the end of the day, like I was like, fuck it. It's, it's going to be a fun experience and I might as well just enjoy the right. experience. And, and it's been working. And same thing goes for going into grocery stores, riding in cars now. Like um, I'm still have kind of 
you know, problems riding with strangers, but I had to do a lot of skilled trades work in my life. So you kind of just yep. have to fucking ride in trucks with random people. And sometimes yeah. you're cramped into the back seat with like four other dudes and you're just like, well, I'm here. Like, I just have to deal with it now. Like, let's just kind of get used to right. it and take some time. Yeah. Right? I had, I had a time, uh, at my job now where we were going to go to Jackson for, um, an Excel class. Yeah. And so I, I just panicked all of a sudden because I thought they were just going to send me to this class. But then my boss was going and then like three other guys were going. I thought, oh, my God. I said, well, I'm, I'll drive. I'll drive. I have to drive, you know, and they're like, oh, oh, OK, go ahead. You know, so they didn't understand like why I was so adamant. Like I have to be driving the car. If I, I can't sit in the back seat, I can't ride. Yeah. And that was when I was really bad. And uh, it was a total panic for me. Like I didn't eat the whole day because it was just it was like I didn't pay attention to the class. Like it was it was awful. You know, there's. Sure. And you think back on those times, you're like, man, that sucked. Like that was, that was a bad time in my life. And uh, definitely going to therapy, I think it's, it's helped me so much over the last six months. Um, just kind of coming up with ideas like, hey, you know, my therapist had never heard of this before, before I came in there. And so sure. I kind of had to like educate her a little bit on it. Like, hey, you know, there's, it was funny is that um, a few years ago, probably, I'd say like five years ago, six years ago, there really wasn't anything on the internet. Like you couldn't, no. you couldn't find a lot on it. Yeah. And that, that was also kind of discouraging because I really was hoping to be able to find something. And I ended up seeing a therapist who was a psychologist. He was the first guy I went to and I went to high school with his daughter. So that kind of, that was already like, a, I don't know. He was a local guy. Yeah. Psychologist and you know, psychologists are all right, but um going to him, he was like he didn't really want to get to know me. He wanted me to come sit in the chair and and then everything I said, you know, okay, well explain how that makes you feel. How does that make you feel? You know, and that kind of that kind of whole bullshit thing where I didn't really feel like I was getting anywhere. And he started he started like pushing me to have like exposure therapy right there in his office. He was like, What happens if you get sick right now? Do it right now. I want you to get sick right now in my office i was like bro and i ended up i ended up getting up and i just left yeah and as i was leaving he was like he's like shout out how you're feeling and i just fucking walked <laughs> out I, I walked out and i came back the next time i was like dude i think i'm done i'm not coming back here anymore and he wanted to like oh you know it was just turning into this big rigmarole thing and you know i explained that to my therapist now and she was like yeah that's not something you do right off the bat like that it takes you a, it takes you it can take you a year before you're ready to get to like actual exposure therapy yeah. You know, it's, it's a buildup of over time. And, um, sure. and so that's kind of what I'm working towards now. I, I know, I know so much about it. I know so much about my own, my own fear and what I have going on that I made it a point, like I said, at the beginning of the year, my, my, my resolution for this year is I got to get control of this. Like sure. I, I have to get control of this. I've, I've already put my, my family through enough by, um, avoiding going on all these trips and avoiding flying, you know, I'm not, there's no way in hell I'm getting on a plane. Sure. Unless I'm like heavily medicated. Yeah. And, uh, I'm in the same boat. That's not really, right I think yeah, that's all not really that something I want to do. So sure. Uh, well, um, I want to talk about exposure therapy then for a second. What have you, have you looked into that, uh, at all? And are you planning on doing some exposure therapy for yourself? Yes. Yes. I think that I have looked into it a little bit. I should have brought that book out here with me, but, um, so right now I'm on working on CBT with my okay. therapist. So I think that was that cognitive behavioral therapy. Yep. So I'm working on some things with that, like trying to retrain my brain a little bit. You know, she said that this is kind of the road we have to take. Go down the CBT road for a little while and get 
you know, a good ways down it before we start getting into the actual exposure therapy. Um, and she has me work. She gave me some some exposure therapy things to work on. That are, I mean, they're not super graphic, but she, you know, I won't explain, go into too much detail on here, but uh, they're a little bit, they're going to be a little tricky for me to get in, get into, but I, I, I'm looking forward to trying um, some of the exposure therapy tools that she's given me. Because um, honestly, honestly, it's, it sucks to say, but there's no way around it. Yeah. It's the only way, really. I think that no ultimately exposure yeah. therapy is how you is how you get over it. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I my brother-in-law that... sent me. Oh, go I'll ahead. Continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, go for it. Okay. Uh, I, my brother-in-law has sent me uh, this this link to uh, a jackass video the other day, oh, and yeah. it was like, Steve-O throws up on the guy in the front seat while they're driving down the road. I'm like, bro, I, I'm not. I can't look at, I can't watch this. And he goes, Oh yeah, you have that, you have that thing. You don't like you. It bothers you. I'm like, yeah, bothers me a lot. <laughs> like, I can't, you know, what are you doing to me here? Yeah. Um, so that didn't work. You know, I, I think that I eventually videos like that might help me. Sure. They will. And to the point where you can laugh at something like that, then yeah. I think that this is what I get a lot on, on here on Instagram is I have people messaging me like, so, you know, what did, what are you doing to, to get over this? Or what can I, I'm, I'm having a really hard night. My son is sick at his grandma's house. Um, I don't know what to do. Help me. And I'm just like, I, I, the only thing I can ever say is like, I know you want some like, you know, for sure answer of like, all right, here's the golden ticket. This is all you got to do. But I'm just like, it's going to take time and effort, man. You, there's no way you're just going to snap your fingers and be done with this. Like, it's going to be scary. It's going to be shitty. If your yep. kid gets sick, you're going to be terrified. Like, you're just, there's no way around that. You're going to be scared. But I got to tell you, going forward, you have to change the mindset. Start eating food again normally. Drink a lot of water. Keep yourself healthy. Right. And then go do some fucking exposure therapy, man. Like, that's it. That's the only way I got past yeah. this. I, I spent eight straight years <clears throat> sitting in my home, terrified of the world around me. And once I did exposure therapy, I'm back normal again. You know what I mean? Like it's insane right. how fast it works, but you just have to do it. At one time, did you, did you drop any weight at one time? Oh yeah. Yeah. I was down to, I, I'm, I've gained about 40 pounds um, since then, but I, I was down to like 120, 130 pounds and now right. I'm up to like 170 ish. So, I mean, I, I lost a lot of weight just, just, um, at one point I was working, uh, driving forklift at a factory and this was when like I had the worst of my emetophobia and luckily it was a, a job where I was in a freezer. So I had like a full suit on and all this, like, I was just kind of by myself, very away from everybody. And if I needed to get out of the situation, I could always just walk outside and like, it was a nice job to have. But, um, at the time we got free bread every morning. So right. we would just, I would go in there and I'd just make bread and butter sandwiches all day and night. It's all I ever ate for fucking like almost a year. So it's just huh. shit like that where it's, and then I just felt, I kept feeling shittier and shittier and shittier wondering why I was feeling so terrible. And I'm just like, because I have no nutrition in my blood, my body, dude, like I'm eating nothing but junk all the time and right. not drinking any water at the time. I was probably drinking energy drinks and Red Bulls and shit and just wondering why I felt terrible all the time. And now I've completely switched up my diet and it's like, uh, I'm on a more, you know, raw vegan diet. I've recently switched back over to kind of a more Western diet here and there. I implement some more processed foods here and there, but for the sure. most part, I'm trying only fruits and vegetables, lots of water. 
Um, and that alone has been helping me a lot just with feeling better and a lot of fiber, dude, fiber is a huge one. Cause I think a lot of us have a lot of intestinal problems and constipation problems from the way yep. we eat. And so having fiber supplements in your diet really, really help. I got, um, Benefiber is what I use. It's like a powder. Okay. And it's just a single packet. You can pour it in water. I, I drink smoothies every day. So, um, I just pour it right in my smoothie in the morning, mix it all up, drink it. And I mean, it keeps me regular as hell, man. It's great. I love it. I'll tell you one thing, um, that's helped me is, um, so I had to drop nicotine. Yep. Yeah, me too. Caffeine, caffeine, nicotine, because yeah. uh, at one time I had some, some heart stuff going on. Me too, and, man. Uh, yeah. I had some real bad palpitations all the time. And it, it was like scare me after a while. I'm like, dang, dude, this sh like it shouldn't be taking my breath away like that. You know, to where I feel yeah. like I can't breathe. So I go to the doctor about it and he was like, okay, you got to get off the caffeine. You got to get off nicotine. Like, obviously you're, you're just sensitive to those things. That's what, that's what's making your heart get all wonky like that. So yeah. the nicotine was kind of tough. That was a tough one for me to do. Um, caffeine, I've been working on that one. So I'll try, I like my wife right now is like zero caffeine. She's, she's just decided yeah. just to, you know, she's had more of like a, you know, just kind of trying to be healthier and stuff like that. Me, I'm just trying to um, not get anxious. You know, I think, I think that that sure. is, that's one thing that emetophobes and people with phobias and anxieties in general don't realize is that you pump yourself full of this caffeine. And it's like stimulating you. It's, it, you're doing it to yourself. You know, you're making yourself yeah. feel anxious. And now, and I, now I know, like if I drink a little caffeine, like I am uh, struggling throughout the yeah. day to, to not, not be anxious or to let my emetophobia get the best of me just because, um, you know, the acid and the coffee and, the, and, oh, yeah. uh, you know that in the combination with the caffeine just it does it does real bad things to me so uh i just try to stay away from it yeah just drink drink a little bit of decaf coffee in the morning if i have to um just switch over it. to herbal tea man a bunch but yeah haven't haven't balanced food i i just can't i don't know like i i don't know i try i try to do tea but i just i like coffee i guess it's kind of a yeah. i should i should probably switch to tea my wife drinks a ton of tea um Usually that's like her go-to before she leaves for work is make a tea in the morning or in the afternoon. Yeah. And you can get it you know, tasting pretty similar well. to coffee. You can do like a, um, an herbal uh, chamomile and lemon, and then you mix a bunch of honey in there with it. And it sure. tastes amazing. There's no caffeine at all, but it still gives you that like hot drink. It's kind of sugary in the morning. Gives you, it makes you kind of feel like you're getting caffeine, right. but you're really not. And I like that. I like the, the, right. I used, I used to like doing like a, like a, like a spice chai type tea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do. I do like those ones too, but um, I should try. I should try to switch to that. But for sure, yeah. The caffeine was. Yeah, I don't me know, too. man. It's been a definitely, definitely. It's 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 definitely been a step in the right direction for me. I think just kind of just trying to get rid of it all together. I won't lie. You know, I I go to work. I get up at three o'clock in the morning to go to work, and uh, yeah. there's a lot of days where I'm struggling in the afternoon. I have to go get a coke or something just to try to get me through. Cause I know it's, it's in the afternoon and any effects I'm going to have of that will be after I'm out of work and on my way home or whatever. I got to um, tell you really quick, the best thing for those afternoon lulls like that, bunch of fruit, man, big old, like bag of grapes, big old handfuls of blueberries, almonds really help you with a lot of energy. Yep. Like I think we think that um, caffeine and sugar and things like that are going to keep us going through the day, but I gotta, I gotta tell you, it's going to just make it worse. Like it's just, you, you get, you get reliant on those things. You get addicted to sugars, you get addicted to caffeine, you get addicted to that like afternoon, like rush, you know what I mean? 
Right. And like for me, if I'm, if I'm having, cause I work night shifts now, so I'm pretty awake okay. all night. I, I will stay up till 2 AM. That's kind of my, my nightly shift. I get home at like 3 AM, go to sleep, wake up at noon or whatever. And so at night when I'm feeling that lull, when I first get to work, I try to buy, I always buy a bag of cherries and like a thing of blueberries or bananas. And then I always have a bag of almonds in my car too. So that if I'm okay. driving around, I start feeling tired, dude. I just handfuls of almonds in my mouth. I eat a, a couple handfuls of blueberries or something. And that really just, and then water, man. Water's a huge one. I've been trying to, um, I've been trying to take some bananas with me to work. Yeah. Bananas are huge. Yeah. I know those kind of can give you a little, uh, a little kick of energy too. Um, yeah. Try to eat one in the morning and one in the afternoon or something Yep. versus having coffee, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a ride, man. It's been a ride. It's definitely something that I don't. A big a big turning point for me was being not ashamed. I think. Yeah. That is something that um. I think a lot of people that have anxieties or phobias, you feel stupid. You have this thing. You're like, man, this is stupid. Like, and no one, no one else is dealing with this. I'm by myself. You know, what do I do? And after a while, after even this, this, this year, after seeking out therapy, um, it's kind of made me realize like, okay, this is, this is me. This is who I am. This is, this is obviously it was designed for me to be this way. Um, you know, I don't, I don't have any control over it. You know, everyone, your brain is so fucking powerful, man. You don't, people don't realize how powerful your brain is Yeah. because you can do everything in the world in, in your, in your thought process to, to stop feeling this way. And you can't like, you can't, your, your brain, you just, you wire your own brain to think a certain way. And then it sucks trying to unwire, you know, rewire your brain to go a different direction. I think that's what the CBT stuff is trying to do. Um, but yeah, being learn learning that this is, this is a thing. This is, what I have to deal with, these are the cards I was dealt and it is what it is. And, uh, what other people think about it, it's kind of like that thing, you know, what other people think of you is none of your business. Sure. Well, same, same thing here. You know, if what other people think about the problems that I have, I just, I don't care anymore. Like this is what I'm dealing with. Take it or leave it. You know, yeah. uh, I'm trying to get better. Um, I feel bad for the, you know, I've, I've ruined some relationships. I've kind of left a lot of people hanging because of avoiding things you know and giving them no reason um so i mean can i take those things back no i can't so i mean i'm just going to try to move forward and um fix things for the future sure one thing i wanted to get around to though um i went to the doctor for a physical and that alone that that itself was scary to me because you know you're stuck in this room they, they walk you back to this room and then you're stuck in the room like you can't leave i mean yeah. technically you can leave but you know you strip down and put the gown on for your physical it's like what do i do just run out like this right so you, you get a little you get a little uh you get a little frustrated so after it was all said and done you know he's like you know they always ask you Is there anything else you want to talk about and i told him i i got this thing i just told him anxiety i thought you know what? he doesn't need to know any more than that about me i'm just struggling with anxiety yeah. What can we do? Because at that point, I thought, you know what? Just medicate me. Just give me pills. Just give me pills and make it go away. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he saw me for five minutes. Um, wrote me a couple prescriptions. One for a daily, one for like, a, you know, if you're having a really bad day, take one of these on top of the other one. And um, 
offered me therapy. That was when he offered me therapy. He's like, Hey, you want to get set up, try some therapy through, you know, a counselor right down the road here. And I thought, you know what, let's, let's do it. Like I got nothing else to lose. I'm at the end of my rope here. Like this is, this is the last try on it, you know? And, uh, so I tried the therapy and I never picked up the pills. And yeah. I, I, or he ordered them into the, to the pharmacy and I never went and got them. And uh, he wanted to see me for a follow-up like a month later. So I went in for my follow-up and I told, he asked me how the medication was going. And I said, honestly, I never picked him up. I said, I, I wanted to give therapy a try first. And he thought that that was like the best thing ever. He's like, oh, I just, you made my day, man. That's what we want to hear. And I thought, well, why, why the hell would you just, you know, even though that was kind of what I was looking for, why, why would you just prescribe me a bunch of pills right off the bat instead of saying, hey, let's try therapy first. Let's give that a go. If that doesn't work, we're going to go here to the next level to um, try, trying a daily medication. If that doesn't work, we're going to do this, you know. Um, and I'm glad I never went and got them because, you know, I, that's not who I wanted to be. I never wanted to be the person that was, that had to be medicated to be able to function. I wanted yeah. to be able to figure it out, figure out what's going on. There's got to be something going on here. Um, and it sounds like just through the loss of parents and, you know, other, other events going on in my life. I just, it just kind of, I never dealt with them in the right way. Sure. And it sounds like this, this phobia is kind of just a result of those things, you know, uh, you know, they, they want to tell me I got this PTSD and all these things from, from not really dealing with the loss of parents in the past. And maybe that's true, but I never, I never really looked at it that way, I guess. Yeah. Um, good though i'm glad you didn't take the pills i keep preaching that to people as well because a lot of people tell me like i, I should i'm gonna get on you know zoloft or on these certain kind of medications and all this stuff and i'm just like man i think you should try everything else first because the pills are like the last resort because you once you right. get on them you're on them man and once you try to come off it gets even worse so it's, it's right it's scary so and that was my thing i didn't want i didn't want to i didn't want to risk getting hooked on something you know where it's like okay i have to have this to be able to function I didn't want that. Um, and taking this route, it seems to be working doing, you know, doing therapy and CBT and all those things. The biggest thing I think, I think people need to realize is that there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Oh yeah. You know, anybody can, anybody can get through it. And I think that I had one of the worst from what I've heard. I had, I had a pretty bad case of it for, for a lot of years, obviously. I mean, I'm on the mend now I'm going in the right direction. Um, but it was bad. I mean, I, I was pretty bad for a lot of years and 13 years, you know, I dealt with this. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's doable. Anybody can, anybody can get through it. Yeah. You know, there's never, there's never like no hope. And I've felt that way before. I felt like at one time I thought, you know what, why don't, instead of ruining everybody's life, why don't I get a divorce? Why don't I just move away and live alone in the woods somewhere where nobody has to deal with me? And, uh, everybody can live, you know, you know, go on about their life without having to deal with my bullshit where I'm, I have all these fears. I have all these problems. They're my problems and, and nobody else's. Yeah. And if I do that, then, you know, it would, it would, it would, you know, take away everybody else's stress and just kind of leave it, leave it to myself. But, um, and you'd be running away from everything though, you know? Right. Yeah. 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 You can't do that. No. And I think that that's the CBT stuff and the, and the, 
um, exposure therapy, those are, those things are, they're hard. It's very hard, especially for, if you've, if you've been dealing with it for a long time or if you're in a bad spot, um, it's not easy. And, uh, I'm not even, I'm not even a quarter of the way where I want to be yet with it. And I'm already, I already get a little bit of anxiety thinking about the next step I have to take. All right. What's the next thing I have to do to get over the next hurdle? Well, right now, um, like right now is riding in the car. Like I need my wife to drive the car as much as possible. Sure. She kind of understands what I'm going through and whatnot. And so, um, riding, just riding with other people is kind of where I'm at. That's kind of, it's my next, my next step. Yeah. That's good. So hopefully, hopefully I'll be able to get through that part of it and we can move on to some harder stuff. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's touch on your wife for just a second. How, um, is she pretty supportive? She understand what's going on with you? Okay. About that. I'm not a hundred percent convinced that my wife understands the whole, the whole gist of what I'm going through. Mostly because I'm I'm mostly embarrassed. You know, you want you want to come off as the guy that has it all together. You're the husband. You're the father. You're the you're kind of the, supposed to be supposed to be kind of the the cornerstone of your family. Yeah. And so to come off as a weak person or you have these problems, it's difficult. It's difficult to do that, and I don't want her her to feel like she has to cater to me um so i kind of just she knows what i have going on she knows that I have, i'm an emetophobe um she does i don't think she understands 100 percent what's going on well what is what it's all about and on top of that she's a night shift nurse so she's pretty busy with um with that and you know nurses are hard they're they're, <laughs> they're hard people to deal with because they they see they see bad shit every day people dying all the time especially in, in her line of expertise where she's at there's a lot of people sick and a lot of people dying all the yeah. time so to to burden her with my ailments is uh sometimes it's kind of over not really, i want to say overlooked but um it's kind of like, well, at least you're not dying, you know, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. No, I get it. And, you know, to me, I'm like, well, I am dying, you know, I'm, I'm dying inside over here. But uh, and I, I totally get where she comes from. You know, a lot of times, like if I'm sick, it's hard to get it's hard to get sympathy with a with a nurse who's just had to uh, put somebody in a body bag. <laughs> so it's, sure. um, and I can't fault her for that. I can't fault. That's her career. Um And it's, I don't expect her to cater to me, I guess, is what, is what I'm trying to get at. But um, yeah, it's tough. You know, it's funny. Speaking of family, you know, my, um, we, t- we had talked earlier about, you know, someone's situation where you're oh, your kid's sick and, you know, and it's, yep. that sucks. I've been, I go through this every year where my kid gets the stomach flu. Yeah. And I, I, that's where I'm thinking like, all right, it's my time. I'm, this is where I die. I'm going to get it. And uh, it's going to be no good for me. But every year she gets it. Let's knock on wood. I have not, I have not gotten it yet. She already had it this year. 
And for some odd reason, I told my therapist about this. For some odd reason, when it's my kid, and she's just like in the bathroom sick, I'm right there holding her hair. Like oh, I'm yeah. right there. I'm right there rubbing her back. I'm right there with her because I told her, I said, you know, I feel like my, my parental instinct to be there for her trumps my own anxiety, my own problems. Good, How man. that is at the time, I have no idea, but it just, it's just something in me um, makes it so I can hold a bucket for her. <laughs> it's good. It's good exposure therapy as well. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Therapy, yeah. Um, it is, uh, so I don't know. It's weird. It's weird like that. See, I think I've come a long ways in that aspect. When your wife was pregnant, did she get uh, morning sickness at all or a lot? Yeah. She was sick for about seven. She actually, she's, she's one of the rare few that, um, she lost weight while she was pregnant. Oh, wow. So her belly got bigger, but she got skinnier. She kind of got a little emaciated looking towards the end because she couldn't get stopped getting sick. You know, she was, yeah. she was getting sick for like seven months. That's insane. Out of pregnancy. Yeah. It was terrible. And it was like, and I think that scarred me a little bit. That did sure. not help me at the time. You know, it'd be, if it was too hot out, you know, if it was hot, you know, my AC, I had a truck that the AC wasn't working in one time and it was just, it was just like dog days of summer, you know, August heat. Yeah. And, uh, she, she was told me, she's like, I'm getting, I'm, I'm feeling sick. I'm getting, I'm getting sick in the car. And I, and I, to this day, I regret it because I pulled over and I got out of the car Yeah. and I left her hanging to, to, to get sick and do a McDonald's cup, you know, <laughs> it was tough. Like, it was tough. I left her hanging. And then there's been so many times like that where I left somebody hanging. Um, especially her, like when our daughter was born, I was in a panic. I was in a panic because she was born on Christmas day. Yeah. And we had been, we had, we were on like our second or third Christmas dinner oh, that wow. day. So I had been eating all day, you know, Sure. and all of a sudden her water breaks and I'm like, Oh my God, yeah. I'm going to be stuck in the hospital. I can't go anywhere. I'm stuck there with her. I can't yeah. like, I can't, I, by the time, if I'm feeling sick, by the time I uh, need, feel like I need to get outside and get some air, I have to go get in the elevator, go downstairs, walk all the way through the hospital. There's no way. And it was, I got through it, you know, and I can look back and say, Hey, you did it. You know, it, it, you, you thought you couldn't do it, but you did. So yeah. I don't know. There's something to be said for that, I guess. That right there, what you just said is how you train your brain. Your brain's like a muscle and like your, your therapist probably has told you too, that like retraining the brain to think a different way is like one of the main points of this phobia. And I keep preaching this to everybody that talks to me is that, um, we have to always retrain our brains because we've trained our brains now over the last, like you said, 13 years, you've dealt with this. I've had it for about 10. So for the last 10 years or so, I've been training my brain to be afraid of something every day, right. and afraid of the, the world around me and situations and certain things. And then if something negative happens, I now associate that as a negative thing. Like if yep. I go on a bus now, I remember somebody got sick on a bus when I was a kid. So now I think about that and I'm like, when somebody else. So I think it's all about mindset. It's a, it's a big part about mindset um, where taking those wins like you had where you went to the doctor with your wife. Um, she had the baby and you, you ended up leaving. Everything was okay. Now thinking back on that. And instead of thinking of that as a negative moment, always think of it as a positive and just keep reiterating those positive moments. Even if you have a negative time, try to find even like a neutral or a positive thing about that moment. And then kind of rule out the negative side of things. Like if, for instance, I was at a bar, um, a guy got sick there. 
Um, but when I think about the situation now, I don't think about the guy that got sick. I think about how I beat my friend at pool. Like I just, I try to switch the mindset from the negative side of that thought to the positive side. And then the negatives kind of just go away. And then when I go to a bar now, I don't even think about the negative thing that happened before. It's kind of just ruled out of my brain at this point. So it's just a way you can kind of like mind right. hack yourself a little bit, but Yeah, you know, and uh, and one of the big things is like um, people, especially me, I'm sure other other emetophobes as well. You know, you think of the you think of the the, the what ifs, like what if this happens? What if the, what if this yeah. what if this happens and I get sick? What if I'm stuck in this person's car, riding in the backseat of their car, and I don't, I you know, I don't know them that well. Um, we're on a trip somewhere, and I tell them I have to get sick or something. And you know, what if, what if, what if? But then uh, I'm trying to remind myself, like, what if you don't? Like in that, in the yeah. book, in the book, it says, you know, what if, what if you don't get sick? What if you, what if you go on the trip and you have the best time of your life? What if, what if yep. uh, nothing bad happens at all and everything is just fine? And yeah, yeah I think that um, that's where it gets tricky because you think about, it's probably been, it's probably been, let's see, probably about, about 13 years or more since I've actually gotten sick. Yeah. Um, so, and that's actually a funny thing because if most emetophobes have either never gotten sick or it's happened so rare in their life, they can't even remember it. Yeah. Um, I think about that and I think all the, all so many times, so much time you've wasted being concerned about this and you never got sick yes. ever. All these times you were like, Oh my God, what if this happens? And then you didn't get sick. Or, or, you know, I had a time, here's a, here's a, here's a good one. Um, I rode with my boss. Um, we went out to Harbor beach in the thumb. Mm -hmm. If you're a blue collar guy and you do, and you do local work around this area, um, you've probably, if you do outdoor, you've probably been out to Harbor beach to work sure. on some of the plants out there. We had to go out there to pick up a job trailer. Um, so I told him, I was like, Hey, I'll, can I drive? And he really didn't know a lot about i don't think he knew and it's funny as the guy's one of my best friends now um yeah so he let me drive all the way out there all the way out there and then we loaded up the job trailer and he goes oh dude he says you don't have your chauffeur's license do you and i said no and he says i can't let you, i can't let you drive back it's a company truck you know we're hauling this big trailer and all that stuff wow. and my heart just sank and for a split second i was like tell him just to leave me and I'll figure yeah. out how yeah. tell him just to leave me and I'll figure out how I'm getting home on my own. I'll walk <laughs> or yeah. something at the time. And I remember just dreading, like walking to the passenger door, just dreading it. And I just, I just got in, I got in and we just talked the whole way home and, uh, everything was fine. You know, and where, where, where's my brain at when all these times I'm so concerned with stuff and I can't bring myself to remember that time. Like, Hey, remember that time you just got in the passenger seat and rode with that guy and everything was fine. Yeah. Nothing happened. You know, those times are so hard to, well, those are the things that we need to, you know, obviously like you were saying, train your brain to think about those things versus, uh, times that you did get sick because chances are if you're a metaphobe you didn't you, yeah. you never did you just you're in your brain you thought you were i want to um, say one one quick thing too i've been learning I've, I've been taking these uh it's like a brain training class for my job um they ended up uh hiring a dude to come and kind of just give us like a 
um, just a brain rewiring session, basically. And you get, we go every Saturday for four hours, or three sure. hours or whatever it is. And it's really cool dude. Um, and he's been explaining to us how our brain works. And he basically explains how we get stuck in these negative mindset cycles where, um, for instance, you get, um, okay, this is kind of a different side of things, but it kind of pertains to emetophobia as well, where you get to work, you say, man, that fucking drive sucked. That was just such a long drive. I had to deal with traffic and I spilled my coffee and that's going to be a shitty day. And then you get to work and you're like, oh, I got to do all this fucking work now. I got to get on this computer. I got to sit here all day. Oh, now my lunch is cold. I can't eat. I got to go warm my lunch up. You see, like when you do that to yourself all day, you're now just sitting in negativity all the time. And it goes back and forth. So from your brain right. down to your adrenaline receptors, it creates adrenaline, which then makes you kind of feel this little rush because you're like, you're sad, you're unhappy, you're negative, all that negative is coming out of you. Um, and we get addicted to that adrenaline in a way. That's why when you watch the news, it's all negative shit all the time because they, they you get more, um, you know, into the news if it's a bunch of negative shit. You don't, I mean, people want to watch you know, kittens being saved and, you know, like, you know, the little kid who has the underdog moment in high school or something, you know, it's like that they show that every once in a while, but mostly it's, you know, nuclear bombs going off in Iraq. And, you know, it's like these crazy moments because that's what gives you a rea- gets a reaction out of you. I think that's how emetophobia works with us as well. We're constantly stuck on this adrenaline loop of, well, you know, uh, I got to get in the car. I got to drive to work. All right, now I'm at work. You know, what if I feel sick? Oh, what if I eat that chicken and it's not good? Or oh, now what if I go to the bathroom and someone's sick in there? Well, what if I, you know, leave work now? get stuck in traffic and I can't leave my that constant negativity that's going through your brain all the time you get stuck in that now you've trained your brain to only think in the negative all the time and so that's where right. we have to change that thought process to well hey I made it to work and I'm not sick oh well you know this chicken's actually really good and it's really well seasoned actually oh well you know I mean if I get stuck in traffic at least I get to listen to my podcast for an hour you just change that mindset consistently and that's what like one of the biggest ways I've changed my emetophobia from being so negative all the time to being so positive is just the mindset, like just changing that one quick thought to uh, not negative. We're going to go positive on this one. And then I just keep doing that every day. And it's in over the last two or three years or so it's gotten better and better and better. And now that's all the only way I think I don't think any more negatives. Like what if I'm going to get sick? I just don't think that way anymore. And it's just that simple. Like it's crazy. That I think that's, that's actually really good. That's, uh, that's definitely something to, uh, that I'm going to use. I'm going to implement that as much as I can. Um, yeah, I definitely agree that negative thoughts, it can like, it can infiltrate your life. Like it, it can, yeah. it can, it can go off the rails real quick, you know, where you, uh, you lose control basically. Um, yeah. one thing, one thing I've been working on, uh, at work is, um, so our shop's pretty big. <clears throat> And there was a time where it was like, it was, it was tough for me. If, if I had to be out in the middle of a shop, I was really far away from the door. Sure. And, you know, it would take me a long time to walk over there to get outside. So if I started feeling like a little bit nauseous, I would panic. I'd panic. Yeah. Like I need to, I need to go outside. I need to get away from everybody. And so, uh, trying to just practice saying, okay, I'm not going to get out in the middle of here and be sick. I'm going to, I'm going to walk out in the middle of a shop and I'm just going to be cool. I'm just going to, relax i'm going to talk to somebody for a hot minute and then obviously not waste a bunch of company time but i'm going to try to um not just rush to the other side so i can get closer to the door again and that's something that's been working out pretty well for me as well i think it's kind of goes along with being positive like okay instead of walking out the middle of the shop and already thinking that you're going to be sick or you're or you're concerned about that 
walk up to, to the middle of the shop and make it a positive thing. Talk, talk to somebody for a minute, find something like I'm looking for a part or I'm looking for, you know, this job or something like that. I gotta, you know, I gotta get something. Um, mm -hmm. Just try to push those negative thoughts to the side, I guess. Yeah. Redirecting uh, it too from the, from that one thought that's so negative and then redirecting it to even just a neutral thought of just, Hey man, how's the day going? You know, like just right. something different, you know? Thing. I think one thing we we need to remember to do is to slow down as well. Um, yeah. I think that that's that's been a huge thing for me. Like if I'm if I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling like I might get nauseous or something, I'll try to just stop. Mm -hmm. Like I was even I'll do I I try to just stop right in my tracks from standing. And say wait a minute, just call. Let's let's think about this for a second. Let's let's just get calm down, and then start over. You know don't don't let you because you know i try to tell myself i can leave at any time i can walk to the door i can do anything i need to at any time there's no reason for me to have to rush around let's you know try to analyze a little bit and try to figure out why am i feeling this way or what's making me feel this way you know um, what that's called it's it's called being mindful that's what that is and sure. it, mindfulness is huge because it's when when you have a metaphobia realizing the reasons why you're feeling a certain way and then kind of backtracking on those reasons and understanding how you even got there in the first place is a good way to redirect that thought back to an original thought. So um, like looking back and saying, so why do I feel so nauseous right now? Oh, it's probably because I just went through some anxiety here at work and I went through this moment, but that's okay. And that's just part of what happens at work. And I'm going to move on from this now. And then just uh, being in the moment at all those times, instead of thinking about the future of when you're going to get sick or if you're going to get sick, it's just thinking about right now. Like, why do I feel right now? I feel a little bit nauseous. That's okay. Right. That happens all the time to me. That's nothing new. Let's move on with our day. It's just that simple. Like it really, right. it really can be very simple if we just think of it that way. Yeah. I think another thing I've been working on is just realizing that I'm not going to die. Yeah. You know, like, like if you, if you get, say, say like tomorrow I do get sick, I'm going to, I'm going to live after yeah. that. My life is going to keep going on, you know? And I, I try to think about that at work all the time. Like, so what if you do, there's garbage cans everywhere. You can make it to one of those. And if mm -hmm. you do, who cares? You know, no one's going to say anything. They're going to say, Oh dude, that sucks. And then that's pretty much it. Yeah. I'm hungover, man. You know, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. And, and yep. there's nothing there's, or they'll send me home. I'll get to go home that day. I don't know. Uh, yeah. it's kind of like trying to retrain my brain, train my brain in that direction is kind of something I've been doing quite a bit lately. Like, Hey, Good. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. doesn't matter if you get sick. doesn't matter. Um, you know, whatever stuff happens, even like if I'm at the store, I'm still at a point, like if we want to go grocery shopping, I usually don't eat before because yeah. I'm, I'm still struggling quite a bit with this stuff because sure. i don't want to be caught in the back of the store if i'm yeah. all the way in the back of the store and i'm not feeling well or i get nauseous or i get an anxious or start to panic it's a long walk to the front of the store yeah so i usually just go into the grocery store hungry and then that's not good um <clears throat> so you know spend a lot more money than i anticipated but um yeah <laughs> it's that's one thing I need to work on. That's something I need to work on this year as well. Um, a victory of mine, though, I want to talk about this real quick. Yeah, please. One, one, one aspect where I've actually came a long ways was um, I used to not be able to drive on the highway. Yeah. Like getting on the highway and being stuck in traffic um, with no way out, you know, or anything. That, that bothered me quite a bit. I couldn't do it. I hated it. You know, my wife would always look up like, let's look up, you know, I tell her, Hey, let's look up, uh, you know, a, put avoid highways in the, in the Google maps here. And let's see if we can just 
take a kind of leisurely route home, you know, and she's kind of looking at me like, okay, I guess if you want to take an extra half hour to get home, whatever. Sure. And, you know, that was kind of an avoidance thing for me. I was avoiding being on the highway because it made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Now I'm actually at a point now where it does not bother me at all. I would almost prefer to get on the highway because I have, I, even if I thought I didn't have control before I do, I do, oh, yeah. I can pull over, I can pull over, I can get off at the next exit, you know, oh, yeah. it doesn't matter. I can, I, I have control of wherever we're going on the highway. I'm the exact opposite, actually, believe it or not. I, I do like highways, but my van is so shitty that I can't drive on the highway for very long because it's, I don't want to fuck my van up. So we end up taking a lot of back roads. And it, dude, we'll, we'll add, when we go down to Detroit, it adds like an hour and a half onto the drive. But honestly, we enjoy it because there's so much more to talk about when you're doing road trips like that. Because oh, it's yeah, like, definitely. on the highway, there's fucking nothing but trees, dude. It's so boring, especially here in Michigan. It's just straight shots everywhere. There's just trees yeah. and like buildings. That's it. So when you're going through downtowns, like I found like little skate parks off the beaten path that we've been to. Like I found uh, really cool little um, like shops that we've gone to just like, hey, we should stop over here. That's kind of cool there's like a firework and fudge shop like what the hell i never seen that before like just rain i, I like taking the, the off the like little one, one stop signs uh towns man you know how many of those we've oh, yeah. driven through like we'll all of a sudden just come up to one i'm like where in the hell yep is this you know sometimes you get into some sketchy moments especially down there by detroit we went through flint recently and i, I had to stop and get gas and like so we're in like this little town outside of flint and it's like some little car town and there's just like literally cars that have been burnt on the side of the road and shit and like the there's oh. graffiti everywhere and windows busted out of places i'm like this is not a place i want to stop but we did and it was a really cool spot like a really cool um just random little gas station we stopped at and they had like just you gotta you know, pay through a bulletproof window and yep, just slide your obviously, money under yep, the thing. Yep. so yep. luckily i have the card so i just pop the card on the gas pump real quick put my gas and get the fuck out of there but yeah at least it's somewhere to stop and just see some new things but we're, we actually bought a van we bought a GMC Savannah and uh, we're building it out currently. I got all the supplies ordered. Everything's already here. I'm just waiting for the snow to melt a little bit more. And I got to do some fixes on the exhaust a little bit and do some stuff like that. But I'm going to build the entire inside out as a little apartment. We're taking our cat with us. That's my next step in my emetophobia journey is to get out on the road and just kind of um, enjoy the world for a little while while I feel so good, you know, because it's like it's been so long. I've been so stuck in one place and so scared to go out and do things. And now it's like my mindset's changed so much that I feel ready to go out and just be on the road, do this stuff, you know, so. So what's your, what, where, what are you still struggling with? Like where, what are you planning to work on? Um, well, I mean, obviously I haven't been sick in 10 years. I did. I wanted to tell you real quick. I did have a hangover on 4th of July last year and I got so such a bad hangover. I was dry heaving in the morning. And, um, that's something I haven't experienced in a really long time. And it wasn't as bad as you think it is, man. Like it was scary as shit in the moment. But as soon as I was done with it, I was like, that wasn't bad at all. Like it was just, it is what it is. I didn't actually get sick physically, but I did dry heave like three or four times. And it was like, I couldn't control it. My body just did what it needed to do. And I was like, that was insane. Like I was petrified. I turned white. I remember just standing there holding the wall and just like, I was, I was tight as a fucking brick. Oh my God. I couldn't even move. And my girlfriend's stand there and she's like, what do I do? I'm like, just leave me alone. Just, just leave me alone for a second. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like I was losing my mind. And so right. after that happened, I felt really nauseous the rest of the day, ate some crackers and drank a bunch of water. Next day I felt fine and moved on with life. But that really set me to the next level to say like, Hey, if it does happen, like it's really not the end of the world. Cause it almost did. And it wasn't the end of the world and I'm fine. I lived through it. Everything's all right. Like I experienced that like motion, that feeling of what it feels like. And I haven't felt that in 10 years. 
And so to, to actually be in the moment, do that, I, I really was like, this is crazy. Like, I'm not, I'm okay. Like everything's fine. And so now I think about that a lot. And I'm um, actually recently started drinking beer again, which is something that I kind of not the best idea in the world, but it's something that I wanted to do because I kind of want to show myself that like, it's not the end of the world. And like, I can drink a few beers every once in a while if I want to, and not, not have it be yeah. like a problem. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, what I'm going to work on though, I think I still have problems with planes, um, boats, like bigger boats on like bigger bodies of water. I can do like small little pontoons and shit, but anything big like that, if I did, well, I did actually go on a ferry, um, across Lake Michigan. I don't know if it was Lake Michigan. I went to, um, an Island. Island? What is it? Did you go to Mackinac Island? No, no, no. It was by Mackinac Island. It was, um, it's a weird fucking name. It's by the UP kind of, I can't remember the Island. I know they had a bunch of snakes though. That was, it was terrible. They had like water snakes everywhere around this Island. It was terrifying, but we went and I used to do spray foam. That was my, my last job. And so we went out there to do a spray foam job and we had to stay there for two days in a cabin and shit. And we had to drive ride on a ferry with both of our spray foam rigs on there. It was a really big boat. And that for me was a little bit intense because I was completely out of control all weekend. But for me, like I just did it. And it was like at the, in the moment I was scared, but I kept telling myself, you know, I've done things like this before. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to go through this. It's just a job. I'm going to have a good time. And it was really fun. Ended up getting to go fishing all weekend. Like after we'd done sprayed the house, um, we, we had both rigs there. So we got it done in like a day and we were supposed to get it done in two. So we had a whole extra day to just do whatever we wanted to for the whole day. Right. So it was really cool just to be on an island and have some fun. So. But if I think um, wants to go to uh, Matt. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say um, anything else I got to work on is really just um, getting my anxiety in check for the rest of the way. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty close to being like hundred percent over my metaphobia, but uh, I think there's just a few little like things here and there. Like uh, I just, I need to keep exposing myself to, to situations and, and um, look at the positives and things. That's where I'm at right now. So that's awesome, man. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I think, my wife's been wanting to go to Mackinac Island for years. And there's been a time where I'm like, you should just take your mom, you and your mom, just take Brooke, our daughter, and you guys just go, you know, yeah. I'll probably be busy, busy, you know, be busy with work or something like that. I don't need to go. And, and, uh, and I want, I do want to go, but getting on that ferry is like, has been a thing for me for some odd reason. It's like, it's like what, like a eight minute trip, I think across. Yeah. It's like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like nothing, but I can't freaking do it, man. For some odd reason I can't, but I think I just have to go up there and get my feet on the boat and just go, yeah. you know, it's really cool when any... you do it, man. The ferry we went on, it was like, a, I think it was 16 minutes to get to where we were going. And, um, dude, this thing was massive. And I was more interested in the machinery. I was like, I want right. to see this engine of this boat and like hearing the big turbo spool up in the back. And like, yeah. I was like, this is cool as hell, man. And this ship was, it was like basically a concrete ship. They pull like trucks and shit on it, like semis and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, like I can't believe thing. this thing floats. Like, this is insane. So just thinking so much about all that. Plus I was making a lot of TikTok videos at the time. So I was really focused on making a lot of videos for the weekend and like try to keep myself busy. That's the thing about emetophobia with me is I'm like an ADHD busybody kind of dude. So I really like to keep myself busy doing things. And that's, that really helps me a lot when I'm having those moments where I feel kind of sick. I'm like, I'm just going to push through it and do so much shit that I can't even think about how sick I feel. Like that's one right. of my, one of my little coping mechanisms I do sometimes, but. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's, um, I find that helps with me too. Just trying to find something that find something else to occupy my mind with, yeah. uh, besides getting sick or being sick or, or not feeling well. Um, like that'll happen to me at work once in a while too. I'll be kind of like in the middle of an episode where I'm, I'm kind of panicking a little bit. I'm out in the area of the shop. I'm not comfortable being, but yeah. uh, you know, my boss will grab me and be like, Hey, we got to go over the walk this way. We got to go look at this part real quick. And 
you know, all of a sudden my, my attention diverts to, uh, something else. And then before you know, I've been over there for an hour mm-hmm. and I feel fine, you know, cause I, I kind of got occupied with something else, but I gotta say too, um, yeah. panic attacks, they only last for seven to 10 minutes. I always keep that in my brain. So like if you ever are having a like intense panic attack and you just can't seem to like focus for a minute, just keep telling mm-hmm. yourself like, it's only going to last for like seven to 10 minutes, dude. That's it. And then after that, you're just done. Like I think they mentioned response, that in that book. Too. Yep. Yep. So I keep thinking about that all the time now. Like if I'm, sometimes I get these random days where I just get like dehydrated or something and I get really nauseous uh-huh. for a minute and I'll be like mopping the floors at work. And I'm like, man, I just feel like really hot and nauseous right now. And so I go, like, I start having like a little panic attack. Cause I'm like, shit, like, am I sick right now? Like what the fuck? And so my mind keeps going through all those motions. So I'll go sit down, drink a little bit of water. I'll be like having a small panic attack. And I'm like, this is only going to last for five minutes. I'll be fine. Like I just kind of right. really play it off. Like it's no big deal anymore because it really isn't. It's just my fight or flight response to something scary in life. And I have to like kind of look at it for what it is. Um, I do sure. want to say, um, we're getting towards the end of this episode. Is there anything you want to say to the rest of the listeners before we go? Uh, hang in there. I just think yeah. that I'm such a big advocate for therapy anymore. I tell people all the time, um, you know, if you're having an issue in your lifetime, in your life, no matter what it is, maybe it's not a metaphobia. There are people out there that get paid to sit and listen to your problems and help you come up with a plan to overcome that problem you know, these people are, are awesome. They're not, they're not there to judge you. They're not there to scoff at your, what's going on in your life. They're not there to, to, you know, make little of your problems, you know, because they understand that everybody's, everybody's problems are, are big to them. Sure. You know, emetophobia might look to somebody else, other people like, uh, it's stupid or I can't, you know, why the hell would you have that issue? That's the most odd thing I've ever heard. Well, yeah, to you it is, but to us as phobics or anxiety ridden people, it's, it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. So finding a good therapist that is willing to um, work at your pace, not push you, you know, past what you're comfortable with at the time um, and help you come up with a plan um, give you tools, coping mechanisms to give you the tools you need to succeed. That's very important. I think, I think that is paramount and uh, overcoming all of this. Yeah. So I think I want to ask you one more thing too, before we go, um, what's it been like being a man with a metaphobia? Cause you got to realize when I look at my statistics on here on the podcast, 88% of my listeners are women. So we're a very right. select few of people in this world who are men with a metaphobia. Has, you think it's, it's, different in any way than, than women who have it? Do like, is there any advice you'd, you'd tell other men who have a metaphobia? I guess I would say it doesn't make you any less of a man. It doesn't make you, it doesn't make you weak. It doesn't make you uh, inferior. It's just a thing. Everybody deals with their own. Everybody has their crosses, you know? Yeah. I think that women deal with things a lot different than men do. I think as men, we, we tend to, and I think that's been my problem for 13 years. You don't say anything. Mm-hmm. You kind of keep it to yourself. You, you think that it'll pass, you know, it'll go away. If I give it enough time, it'll go away. Um, phobias do not, you have, you obviously you have to confront them. You have to, you have to kind of face them head on and uh, really work hard at it to get over it. So I think if there's other men out there that have the same issues, don't be afraid to speak up. Don't be afraid to seek out therapy. Don't be afraid to, 
tell your spouse or your or your family, you know, hey, this is what I have going on. Take it or leave it. And uh, yeah. I can't get any better um, unless I have a team of people. Because I mean, it, it takes it takes a village sometimes. It takes a team of people, yeah, uh, and support to overcome, uh, you know, adversities in your life. So, sure, it is what it is. Very good advice. Very good advice for sure. Um, where can people find you at? Maybe uh, I didn't get your name at the beginning. So if you want to say your name too, just so people can know who you are. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, my name is Mitch Miller. Uh, you can Mitch find Miller. me on uh, Instagram uh, at Dinah Miller underscore. Okay. I'll, I'll tag it Facebook. down below and everything too. So sure. cool, cool, man. Well, it's been really nice talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Have a good one. Yeah, you too, buddy. Peace out. Yeah, bye. Hey guys, uh, thanks for listening to the episode. Um, again, if you guys like the episode, please go down below and uh, just throw me a rate. Give me uh, however many stars you think this this uh, podcast deserves. And if you could write a review, that would really help. I love to hear from you guys and uh, see like where you guys are at and how you guys feel about the uh, the podcast. If you want to find Mitch, you can go over to Instagram at Dinah Miller. So it's D Y N A M I L L E R underscore. Um, that's where you can find him, send him a a message, give him some love. Um, thanks again, Mitch, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. Um, I know how difficult that can be sometimes. And, uh, just, it's awesome that you get, you, you came on and, and, uh, shared your story with me. So, um, again, thank you to the entire, um, listenership, everybody who, who comes on and listens to the podcast. I really appreciate you all. Um, if you want to find me, you can go over to Instagram at the emetophobia podcast, or you can hit me up on my email at the emetophobia podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again to everybody, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace out. Let's put worry.